It's a Saturday in CCO land where we have our wine chat with our friend Jack Farrell from Haskell's. Happy Father's Day to you tomorrow, Jack, and all the dads. Thank you. How nice. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure you'll be treated nicely. You've got a lot of great family there. Well, uh, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure you'll be treated nicely. You've got a lot of great family there. Well, I'm very fortunate. I do have great family. As a matter of fact, we have a wedding in the family today, and thus my conversation will be, how much wine should you buy for a wedding? My granddaughter is being married this afternoon, and I thought, you know, that's a question I get asked an awful lot of times. Many couples have asked me to pick out wine for their wedding, etc., and it's always been kind of fun, whether that person was a celebrity or, or just a, a regular person. Uh, it's been fun to pick wines for wedding. But everything has to be tempered. Uh, first and foremost is the venue. Uh, you know, if you're going to have a, a very fancy evening wedding, you do one sort of things. If you're going to have a casual wedding in a barn, uh, then, then you want to do another. And then you've got to factor in the type of guests you're going to have. Is it a young, uh, heavy-drinking crowd, or is it an older, sedate crowd, etc.? Those are all a part of determining what kind of wine you want for the wedding. And, of course, the food you're going to have is very important, too, and that also dictates it. What you need if for a wedding is you need red wine, white wine, and, of course, sparkling wine. And the question is, how much do you really need to buy? Of course, the answer is different for every single wedding. But there's some guidelines you might find helpful. Uh, first and foremost is to check the venue. You know, do they even allow you to bring your own wine? And a lot of venues do not permit that. And if they do permit it, what is the corkage? And the corkage is simply a fee they charge you per bottle to open the wine and you know, all of the vendors who are in that business are entitled to a corkage, but it should be a reasonable corkage. In my opinion, 10 to $12 a bottle is a reasonable corkage. Anything more than that, and some of them are as high as 30 and $40 a bottle, I think is absolutely outrageous. But watch the corkage fee because, as I said, be sure and discuss that. Often people uh, pick a wine and have it sent, and then find out there's a $30 a bottle corkage fee, and then go into cardiac arrest. Uh, so determine what the fee is, and if it's doable within your budget. As I said, you want a sparkling wine, a red wine, and uh, a white wine for the wedding party. Uh, now let's start with champagne. Sparkling wine, champagne, whether we're talking cava, prosecco, Cremant, etc., is usually used for toasting the happy couple. I recommend two glasses of sparkling wine per guest. There are five full glasses in every bottle of champagne. Some people can stretch that to even six bottles in a glass of champagne. But I think five is pretty standard with a 750 milliliter bottle. Uh, if you get a few more out, that's fine too. So, in other words, let's assume you're having a uh, 100 guests at two glasses per guest, and that's usually what we figure for sparkling wine. That's 200 glasses divided by five. That's 40 bottles or three and one-half cases. And don't forget, if you're buying wine for a wedding and that, and you're buying cases, 
be sure and ask for a discount. Every wine merchant gives you a discount on case purchases. So don't overlook that. Ask for the case price, and uh, you won't be disappointed. So, uh, again, it's five glasses per bottle. You You should allow two glasses of sparkling wine per person. And then the type of sparkling wine, uh, usually I don't recommend champagne unless you've got an unlimited budget. Champagne is very expensive. It's a wonderful sparkling wine, and in my opinion, the very best sparkling wine in the entire world is champagne. Nothing is even close to it. As a matter of fact, I always tell people in blind tastings, you can always tell the real champagne, even if you aren't a sophisticated uh person when it comes to wine, champagne is that much different from uh, Cremant or Cava from Spain, etc. But for a wedding and, and it's the festiveness of the sparkling toast, uh, I recommend doing uh, things like a Prosecco and Cava. Cava is nothing more than another word for Spanish sparkling wine. They call it Cava, and they're very, very reasonable, and they're very good. I mean, they're pleasant uh, and then there's, of course, Cremants from France, which are really good. You can get a Cremant de Bourgogne, which is a sparkling made wine made in Burgundy, and those are pretty good. Usually you can get those for under $20, and they really are almost as close as you can get to real champagne. The same thing is true of uh, California sparkling wines and sparkling wines from Oregon. Even Texas and New Mexico make some wonderful sparkling wines that are kind of fun uh, to have. But as I said, that'll depend on your budget of whether you're going to go with something fancy like real French champagne or something rather uh, pedestrian like a cava from Spain. But there's nothing wrong, as I said, with those cavas from Spain. They're certainly well-made sparkling wines. Well, now let's talk about red and white wine. Uh, That, again, depends on the situation. If it's an afternoon wedding in the summer, they're going to drink more white wine than red wine. If it's an evening affair uh, and they're going to have some kind of beef, chances are you're going to drink more red than white. But what I usually do is supply about the same amount of each. It's a safe bet, and uh, most people drink about a glass of wine per hour. So if your reception is going to be four hours, that's four glasses of wine per guest. Uh, if you have the 100 guests, that's 400 glasses. Again, five glasses to the bottle. Uh, that's 80 bottles of wine. And, uh, you know, be sure that you tell the caterer or the venue operator only to open what they're using. And uh, sometimes you can make an arrangement to send back the unopened wines. But once the wine is open, it's yours for good. So that's kind of important that you remember that. Then the type of wine is also important. You want white wines that appeal to everybody. And I think in my particular instance, I kind of like Pinot Grigio because it appeals to everybody. It's simple. It's innocuous. It's not big, powerful wine. And you don't want a big, powerful wine. You want a wine that's good for sipping and conversation, etc., rather than sitting down uh, with a, a meal or something. So the wines for receptions are more what I call social wines. And for red social wine, I just love Beaujolais or a very inexpensive Chianti from Italy. 
They're soft. They're easy. Almost everybody likes them. They don't stand up and say, hey, notice me. I'm a big, powerful red wine. They just blend in the background, and that's really kind of what you want, in my opinion, uh, for red and white wines, is wines that will blend into the background and uh, not be so much a focal point as just an adjunct to the wonderful uh, evening or afternoon that's a very important day in your life. And as I said, uh, uh, reds, uh, I like light Pinot Noir, light Chianti, Beaujolais, even some light Merlots would be very good in the red category. In the white category, I like Pinot Grigio. And another one that isn't too bad is Sauvignon Blanc that is innocuous. Same thing with Chardonnay. You don't want a huge, big, buttery Chardonnay. You want something that just will kind of blend in. After all, you know, the wine at the reception for a wedding is more a lubricant for conversation than the focal point itself. Now, we were also going to talk about today a little bit about Sunday is Father's Day. And once again, Ted Farrell has assembled a six for 60. That's six bottles of wine for $60. And he's picked six wonderful wines. Uh, the wines are, he picked Fordant Sauvignon Blanc. This is a Sauvignon Blanc from France. And France is the birthplace of Sauvignon Blanc, particularly the Loire Valleys. You all have heard me in the past saying uh, Sancerre is a Sauvignon Blanc with a college education. It's very good. And this particular Sauvignon Blanc would be wonderful with, say, uh, say perhaps citrus shrimp. Or if you're going to do, say, a lemon-garlic shrimp, this Sauvignon Blanc would cut right through that lemon and the acidity. It's got nice acidity, nice balance, a terrific bottle of wine. The next wine he picked was Vouvray Voltaire. Vouvray is Chenin Blanc, comes from the Loire Valley. It is, without question, an unusual grape variety, Chenin Blanc. And I think the best expression of it in the entire world is Vouvray. And this is a soft, easy wine. I always recommend it for Thanksgiving because it goes so well with turkey. And if you're cooking a turkey on the grill, this Chenin Blanc would be a perfect wine to have with that. Then the, uh, he's picked a rosé, which is my favorite aperitif. If I'm going to have uh, a drink before dinner, I sometimes like a glass of rosé. And he's picked Fog Mountain. Talk about an international wine. This Fog Mountain rosé is Grenache, which is the principal grape type of the Rhone Valley and also a very principal grape type in Spain. But the Grenache in Fog Mountain is uh, made in France and then sent over in tankards to California, where it's bottled at Fog Mountain Vineyards. So it's kind of international. You're drinking French wine that was taken care of and cultivated, really, uh, in America. And it's a delicious uh, rosé, great aperitif. And it, incidentally, is a perfect salad wine. If you're having something like a salad niçoise, look no further than Fog Mountain Rosé. It's great. The next one is a great little wine. It's La Paquita. And it's uh, a GSM. Now, that's kind of a folksy thing they're doing nowadays. Syrah, uh, Grenache, Syrah, and Mouvre. And those are the three principal grape types in the Rhone Valley. This is a Spanish one. It would be a perfect wine to have with a hamburger. Just absolutely great. La Paquita, just delicious little wine. And 
my favorite, Provenera Pinot Noir. It is a, a wonderful red wine. It's Pinot Noir from California. And, uh, the other night I had some salmon, and incidentally I have a recipe. You use three parts of maple syrup and one part soy sauce and marinate the salmon in that for maybe an hour and a half and then pop it on the grill. That caramelized maple syrup, which it will do, will caramelize on the grill. It's just perfect, and the Pinot Noir is a perfect marriage for that salmon on the grill. And then lastly, the sixth wine of the six is Chateau Milange. You've heard me talk about that before. It's a Thousand Angels Milange. It was bought by a friend of mine for his wife, and they put millions of dollars into it. The wine is absolutely terrific. Their helper who helps them with the wine production there owns Chateau L'Angelis, which is one of the great wines of San Emilion, and it really shows in this millage. And the best part about the millage, it's a 1950, or I'm sorry, 2015 vintage, so it's eight years old. You're drinking an eight-year-old uh, claret or Bordeaux. Absolutely wonderful wine. I'm telling you, there isn't a father out in our WCCO land listening audience that wouldn't love one of these six for 60 uh, gifts for Father's Day. And there you have it. Weddings, Father's Day. What else can we talk about, Danny? Boy, you you fill the whole dance card there for sure. Well, Jack, uh, thanks so much. And again, uh, let us know uh, about all the locations that Haskell's, we can find all these great ideas. Indeed. The folks at Haskell's love to talk about wine. They love to marry wine with food, and they'll help you pick a wine that won't cost too much. There's a Haskell's near you where you can save big dollars on wine. Haskell's in Bloomington, Excelsior. There's Haskell's in Faribault, right off at 35. Our super seller up in Mabel Grove is not to be missed. 22,000 square feet of vineyards from around the world. In Minneapolis, we have free parking on Saturday and Sunday. There's a Haskell's in Minnetonka at Ridgedale, Plymouth, St. Paul's Highland Village, Stillwater, White Bear Lake, and Woodbury, too. And if you can't come into Haskell's, go to Haskell's.com. And don't forget, we do deliver. And incidentally, today is one of those wonderful cruises on the St. Croix. And while today's is filled up, you can still get on for July, August, and September, middle of the month. Those cruises are absolutely terrific. Uh, the Haskell's wine cruises, there's beer, wine, and spirits, and, and a lively, lovely, lovely lunch. Sounds marvelous. Jack, let's do this again next week. You know, Denny, I'm going to look forward to that. Jack Farrell from Haskell's.